What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The fantasy football season never comes to an end at Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap, and if you want more of the Roster Watch podcast, you can get it by signing up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. With a pro membership, you get access not only to all of our award-winning and awesome tools that are going to help you win in fantasy football, any kind of fantasy football that you play, but also to the Roster Watch Pro Library of Podcasts, where during the off-season we'll be bringing you content for your dynasty leagues, for your MFL team for your best ball leagues from various locations such as the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, the RosterWatch.com Pro Day Tour, the RosterWatch.com Rookie Mini Camp Tour, and of course the Epic Training Camp Tour. You can't get this information unfiltered, uncensored, and unfettered from anywhere else but right here at RosterWatch.com. Go to RosterWatch.com right now and get a pro membership. My name is Alex Dunlap and I support this message. Hello RosterWatch Nation. It is is your local trash man if you live in Austin and this is the fantasy fallout for week 12 going into week 13 hope you all had a good Thanksgiving I surely did starting with the Bears of the Lions on Thanksgiving morning Bears won this one 23 to 16 Mitchell Trubisky is not a sure thing for week 13 meaning Chase Daniel may start that week or this week, rather. Daniel wasn't bad in week 12, but he spent most of his time just trying to avoid turnovers, limiting the offense to some extent. I don't know that he's up to the task of exploiting the Giants this week, even though they stink. The lowest common denominator between Trubisky and Daniel seems to be Taylor Gabriel, who's had seven catches in each of his last two games. You know, maybe he's worth a PPR stab, But I'm not really interested in any bear except for Tariq Cohen this week who can bail Daniel out in a moment's notice. On the other side of the ball, LeGarrette Blunt, 20 touches, 103 yards, two touchdowns, stepped in and stepped up for the Lions on Thanksgiving. Matt Stafford sure as hell wasn't going to. Carry on Johnson could miss week 13 as well, so Blunt is a solid pickup as the Lions face the Rams at home. They'll try to keep the ball on the ground to keep the Rams off the field. Theo Riddick came in with 60 yards on nine touches Thursday, which doesn't seem that impressive, but it was third on the team after Blount and Kenny Galladay. The Lions are going to have to use multiple facets of this week's game if they're to compete with the Rams on any level. Riddick is still unowned in half of leagues. Marvin Jones may give it a go in Week 13, but if he cannot, the Lions are going to need all the firepower they can muster against the Rams. Bruce Ellington, who had six receptions for 28 yards, had seven targets in Week 12, and could be worth a look in deeper PPR formats. On to the next game. The Redskins at the Cowboys. Redskins lost this one 23-31. Colt McCoy may have taken the Redskins out of the game, ultimately, but he also kept a minute. I still think he's, a better, for, I th- I still think he's better for fantasy than Alex Smith. You could actually start more than one offensive player in Week 12 with him under center. He gets the Eagles this week, and they're generally a lot easier to throw against than run on. 
though the Giants would have you believe differently. Josh Doxson, who had 66 yards, led the Redskins in targets with 10 on the day. Both stats were season highs for Doxson. McCoy isn't the best downfield thrower, but Doxson deserves consideration in most formats against the Eagles this week. The same can be said for Vernon Reed and Trey Quinn. Uh, Reed had two receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown, and Quinn had five receptions for 26 yards and a touchdown. They had respectable games on Thursday. Jordan Reed is just doing the things now that he could have been doing all season with a different quarterback. On the other side of the ball, the Cowboys' offense is still just Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. They're just generating more offense, it seems. Michael Gallup did have six targets, if only for 19 yards. There's a slight chance he could up his air yardage this week against the Saints. It's probably his best bet to do so. On to the next game, the Falcons at the Saints. Falcons lost from 17-31. Calvin Ridley is a Saints killer. Eight receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. Too bad the rest of the Falcons are not, other than Julio Jones maybe. I wouldn't bet on him against Baltimore this week. Uh, Ridley, that is. They're all running game all the time. Approach is working on keeping offenses or the opposing team's offense off the field. Wide receiver tight end hybrid Dan Arnold led the Saints in receiving yards and tied Michael Thomas for team lead in targets with six. Arnold ended up with 43 yards and a touchdown. He benefited from Traquan Smith sitting out with a foot injury. Smith is likely to be back this week, but Arnold may continue to serve a role against the Cowboys' bend but don't break secondary that gives up quite a bit of yardage. On to the next game, 49ers at Buccaneers. 49ers lost this one 9-27. It was Dante Pettis who had four receptions, 77 yards and a touchdown, and not Kendrick Bourne, who had the big day receiving for the 49ers. It was remiss of me to overlook Pettis on Sunday. He'd been out of, with injury for a while, but he'd gotten six targets in Week 11. Should have seen it coming. He could be worth flexing in Week 13 if neither Marquis Goodwin nor Pierre Garçon are available by then. Jeff Wilson Jr., eight touches, 41 yards, backed up Matt Breida and Alfred Morris' stead on Sunday. He had a healthy 4.7 yards per carry, but that still paled in comparison to Breed's 7.6. He could approach double-digit touches again this week if Morris can't come back and or the 49ers decide to lessen the workload of whoever their starting quarterback is. On the other side of the ball, Adam Humphreys. He's been Tampa's second-best receiver for five weeks now. Yet he's still unowned in 70% of leagues. I hope that 70% doesn't consist of any of roster watching nation because I've been telling you to pick him up for weeks now. Peyton Barber has quietly put together a couple of decent games, but he's not a great play versus Carolina this week. He only had a four-pointer in standard leagues against them just a month ago. On to the next game, Browns at Bengals. Browns won this one, 35-20. Antonio Callaway has topped 50 yards in two of his last year games and scored in two of his last four. He seems to be doing more with less these days, as do many young players who get overwhelmed when they have too much on their plates. He has flex appeal against Houston this week. Jarvis Landry, through reception 30 yards, is not thriving with Baker Mayfield as quarterback. He doesn't seem to respect his pedigree. Or maybe it has something to do with the fact that this is one of the few times Landry has been on a team with a strong running game and plenty of other receiving options. Either way, he's just clinging on to wide receiver three status. On the other side of the ball, C.J. Uzoma had 13 targets and still couldn't do much with him. 
Even with A.J. Green out, he's been a lackluster option at tight end. He's only had one 50-plus yard game this season and only two touchdowns. I'm looking elsewhere for tight end help this week, whether Green plays or not. John Ross has scored in four of his last five games, but he's only averaging two catches and about 35 yards over that span. I'm tempted to add him, but his touchdown dependency is too risky this time of year. On to the next game, Giants and Eagles. Giants lost this one 22-25. Tight end Red Ellison had four catches for 77 yards on Sunday in place of Evan Ingram. Ingram should return this week, but even if he doesn't, Ellison is not a preferred play against the Bears. Sterling Shepard has been garbage since week eight, averaging under 20 yards receiving in that time. With Saquon Barkley taking over rushing and receiving duties, the Giants don't seem to need much outside of him and Odell Beckham. Or they don't seem, well, they think they don't need much outside of him and Odell Beckham, I guess. On the other side of the ball, Josh Adams running back is only 55% owned, and he carried the ball 22 times on Sunday for 84 yards and a touchdown. He needs to be owned in all formats yesterday. Golden Tate had another dud, four receptions, 30 yards, but it's not for sake of trying to get it to him as he had eight targets on the day, a tie for team lead. I still think he's got worth in most formats. On to the next game, Jaguars at Bills. Jaguars lost this one in Buffalo, 21-24. The Jaguars fired their offensive coordinator and are benching Blake Bortles this week in an effort to stop the bleeding. Cody Kessler will come in under center and probably won't be asked to do much more than hand the ball off to Landon Fournette and Carlos Hyde, who had 10 carries this week for 33 yards. And his first came back from five-game absence. Josh Allen had 13 carries and 99 yards, one touchdown on the ground. Made things easier for himself and implemented his feet to great effect. He should find plenty of running room against Miami this week. Fleet-footed Robert Foster has put together two back-to-back monsters, 105 yards the week before and then 94 yards and a touchdown this past week. The disconcerting part is that he's done it on only five catches. He's an intriguing DFS player this week, but I can't do more than monitor, monitor him in league-long formats. On to the next game. It's the Patriots at the Jets. Patriots won this one 27-13. Brady got his Gronk back and all is well in Beantown. Gronk had three receptions, 56 yards and a touch. Didn't look like himself, but he's still better than 90% of his, of his, of his NFL tight end uh, compatriots fire him up against minnesota it's the sony michelle it's only sony michelle for new england right now with tom brady struggling to some extent the pats put the onus on michelle and it paid off james white will stay involved but michelle is going to light up the fantasy playoffs and on the other side of the ball josh mccown focused in on jermaine curse who had six receptions 66 yards and a touchdown Eerie stat. And week 12 with 12 looks on the day. Curse had only put up more than 35 yards one game this season, so there's no big run to the waivers for me, for him. The hope would be that McCown has developed a rapport with him over his two games starting this season. The Jets went away from the run early due to the game script against the Pats. They knew they were going to have to throw it up a lot, and it showed in the box score. The running backs did little to nothing. They'll probably run more against the Titans, but the Titans defend the run adequately. I'm not interested in any Jets running backs this week. On to the next game, Raiders at Ravens. Raiders lost this one 17-34. 
Marcel Aitman, three receptions, 16 yards, but he had 10 targets on the day. Derek Carr just made sure they were trash. The rookie looks good, likes the go-to receiver since Brandon LaFell pieced out, but Carr stinks, so Aitman is only a DFS dart throw. On the other side of the ball, it was not a fluke, folks. Gus Edwards is the truth. 23 carries, 118 yards in this one. He's a must-start while Lamar Jackson is under sender and possibly even if Joe Flacco returns. As far as the Ravens' pass catchers, Jackson still isn't throwing the ball enough in quantity or quality to warrant starting any of them. On to the next game, the Seahawks at Panthers. Seahawks won this one 30-27. Doug Baldwin had five receptions for 39 yards. He led the team in targets with seven, but Tyler Lockett, who had 170 yards and a touchdown, and David Moore, who had 103 yards and a touchdown, are taking all the yardage and the TDs. No longer just a touchdown threat. More needs to be added where you can put him. On the other side of the ball, DJ Moore is the obvious start of him and Curtis Samuel, it seems. Moore had nine looks to Samuel's two on the day. Samuel only saved his day through a touchdown grab. Devin Funches is likely to miss this week again, though, so Samuel may yet be worth a flex against the Buccaneers. On to the next game, Cardinals at Chargers. Cardinals lost this one 10-45. As far as the Cardinals go, Josh Rosen's attempts have been cut in half since Byron Leftwich, Leftwich became offensive coordinator in Arizona. This is pretty good to great news for David Johnson owners, but it's all boomer bust for those who have Cardinal wide receivers. They do face Green Bay this week, though, so perhaps Rosen's hand will be forced. On the other side of the ball, Melvin Gordon has an MCL sprain and could miss the rest of the regular season. Assuming Austin Eckler is owned, you need to grab Justin Jackson. Jackson will split carries with Eckler for the time being. Mike Williams, 25 yards, two touchdown. He lives and dies by those touchdowns, folks. The Chargers face the Steelers this week, and Gordon is out, so maybe... The lead into the pass more than usual. Williams owners will surely hope so. On to the next game, the Dolphins at the Colts. Dolphins lost this one 24-27. The Dolphins played small ball at Ryan Tannehill's first game back, keeping the ball on the ground for the most part and peppering in short passes here and there. This could just be what we get from Tannehill. You know, in the past, he had Jarvis Landry to focus on, so it looked like it was more than it was. With him spreading it out so much, though, Seems like Kenyon Drake is the main beneficiary as he can be used in the short passing game in addition to his regular carries. On the other side of the ball, Andrew Luck spread the ball around as well, getting it to nine different receivers, including himself who caught a pass. Doesn't seem like the safest thing to do for a guy who just missed a season with a shoulder injury or neck injury. I don't know what to call it. Eric Ebron came back to life in this one, scoring twice on seven targets. He was second on the team. You know, he's had five touchdowns in the last four games. So I like him more than most tight ends, even with his low floor. On to the next game, Steelers at, Steelers at the, the Broncos. Steelers lost one 17-24. Ryan Switzer, six receptions, 67 yards, came from seemingly nowhere to place third in targets with eight behind Smith-Schuster and Brown on Sunday. Switzer has been trending upwards lately, and maybe now he'll break into PPR relevancy. We liked him a lot at the Senior Bowl two years ago. 
on the other side of the ball. Royce Freeman is basically a handcuff to Philip Lindsay these days. You don't need to retain him. You do need to retain Cortland Sutton, though. Just didn't get much action this game. On to the last game, Sunday night. Packers at Vikings. Packers lost this one 17-24. Marquez, Valdez, Scantlings. Floor is abysmally low. But he's still the number two in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers didn't clear 200 yards this game, so you can expect somebody to suffer for it. On the other side of the ball, Latavius Murray outcarried Dalvin Cook, but Cook saved his day in the passing game, scored a touchdown. Cook's versatility will keep him in the RB2 conversation on the weekly. Cannot say the same for Latavius Murray. Anyways, this has been the fantasy fallout for Week 12 going into Week 13. Good luck, Roster Watch Nation. I'll see you on the other side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.